0: Hey everybody, welcome back to Predetermined. It's episode 109. So grab a seat on the couch, crack open a white claw, and let's hang out. Let's chat pro wrestling. I'm your host, Garrett Callender. And I'm the other guy. I'm the other host, Derek Halpin. And we have a, well, a proverbial stacked show because last week's show was primarily focused on WrestleMania. And this week we got stuff that happened last week, plus the stuff that happened this week. So we're 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 filled to the brim with pro wrestling chatter. Plus, Derek has a special message for anyone who's listening for the first time. What's that? I don't know. I was (laughs) just put me on the spot. Yeah, it sounded good. Well, if this is your first time listening to the episode. Hey, thanks for choosing this podcast. There's a lot of pro wrestling podcasts out there, and we're glad that you made time for this one. Hopefully you'll be entertained over the course of the next hour as we talk about things like semen and things that happened to us when we were kids and shows that we used to go to and current events. <laughs> and Animal Crossing. So sit back and enjoy the ride. You got a front row ticket to the freak show. Yeah, if there was a freak show on a public access station, you've run into it. Yeah. Um what did they say I, I I what was the thing that we talked about like was that a week or two ago about how many podcasts are officially on iTunes now? Yeah, I believe there was officially 1 million podcasts. We and- are a we are a grain of sand on the beach at this point. <laughs> <laughs> and and so. approximately 750,000 of those are pro wrestling podcasts. So the the fact that you've ended up here at all just warms our hearts. It warms our hearts, and to the people who've been listening for a while, you know that familiar sound. That is my co-host opening up a white claw to start the show. Um, But for our regulars, hey, we're glad you're still listening to our friends. Thank you so much for uh, sticking with us, especially in these hard times when people are just craving content and entertainment out the Wahoo, which I haven't said in a long time. I don't know that I've ever said Wahoo you never you, ne- you never said out the wahoo, I don't believe I have i think in this I think in this scenario, wahoo is an asshole like like a butthole, like an anus, yeah, so yeah, people want entertainment out the ass, and uh, what can we provide to them that Netflix doesn't? That's a good question um I think we have a <laughs> Um, all the stuff that Netflix isn't covering is, is in this show. And we'll talk about the stuff that is on Netflix too. So it's a two for one. (laughs) Uh, how, what have you been doing on the weekends when you're off work to, what is your new hobby? Like since baseball's dead, like what do you do to pass the time these days? This, This has been the hardest part of the lockdown, which I'm, I'm glad you brought this up because, um, this is a time of the year where I'm, I'm usually outdoors quite a bit more. And my life has turned into a routine of going to work and coming home and playing Animal Crossing and having dinner, playing Animal Crossing, and then going to bed and doing it all over again. Um, so, yeah. So you go to work, collect money, come home, you pick up sticks to collect bells. I think... I think um, among all the activities that you can do in Animal Crossing, um, I don't know. Actually, the whole thing is it's filling some void in my life for sure because I get the feeling of responsibility and, and like I'm getting to go outdoors and do things like plant a garden and collect items aimlessly for my home. But I don't actually have to put myself at risk. So the the weird thing is this game came out at the perfect time. And I don't think anybody would dispute that. Hey, our avatars are going outside, so we don't have to. Correct. We had a... I, what was that? Last... Was that last Thursday? Was that a week ago? Like six Dude, days ago? It all runs together now. I yeah, said that's... this was episode 109. This, uh, is it? Is it? Is it really? What day is it? <laughs> See the status of Sealand is that the days of the week don't matter anymore. You just exist and continue existing. I like um, the I like Sealand as the name for where we live now instead of it is instead of what I don't know Earth you, the United States Sealand. I stole it from the movie Zombieland. They constantly refer to Zombieland as Z-Land. and this is kind of like that except it's Coronavirus Land. So it's Sealand or COVID Land depending upon how scientific you want to be. sea land not scientific. Has nothing to do with the C, and has to do with the letter C. But uh, no, last Thursday on the uh, Nintendo Switch version of Animal Crossing, I host a little uh, potluck get-together that you were in attendance for, and it ended up being even more fun than I anticipated. This is true. Um, I don't know if I'm comfortable talking about this. This is diving pretty deep into my personal life. You think that you're going to get judged by our listeners at this point? No, I'm joking. (laughs) I had a great time. I will like your character showed up and I did provide provide you with a new pair of uh, tiny pink shorts. Which are still on my guy as we speak. Booty shorts, as they're calling it in the streets. But not right now because you're supposed to be indoors. Uh Yes, yeah, so we are getting a lot of entertainment out of Animal Crossing. That is primarily 99% of my entertainment these days. Uh, the rest of it is me watching AEW and Dark Side of the Ring. And some of that stuff that we were talking about on Netflix a moment ago. You broke out DVDs that I didn't know you even had to get your wrestling fix for this week. Yeah, I broke out a bunch of uh, PWG DVDs. And the other thing that I do... <laughs> is uh I like to watch a good bad movie and I have to That t- is yes. Yeah, I elaborate to, on that. Yeah, I have to I like it, when somebody tries really hard to make a good movie but it sucks. Uh I have to tell you one that I watched just over the the weekend. It was called The Fanatic directed by Fred Durst of Limp Bizkit. Fred Star- Durst is directing films now? Oh, he's been doing that for a while, Derek. Oh, I, d- I didn't know this. It's okay that This you- hasn't been an episode. It's okay that you don't know this. Is it? Yeah. You don't have okay. to see Fred Durst movies. I did it so you didn't have to. Well, how come you've never done that any other time for me? <laughs> this would be a first. <laughs> You're an asshole for trolling me. This is gaslighting at its finest. Well, this movie stars John Travolta and Devin Sawa. And it was about a... Is Devin Sawa Stan, or am I thinking of somebody else? No, that's Stan. And he's basically uh, roles reversed in this movie. John Travolta plays... I don't know. I would say he's a challenged adult, but I don't think it was in the script that he was to be challenged. I think John Travolta made a decision, and Fred Durst was too afraid to question... His actor's choice. You're like, this is the dad from Look Who's Talking. How can I talk down to that man? He's got a sweet, like, bowl cut mullet. And the very first line of this movie is him saying to a comic shop owner, I can't talk long. I got a poo.
1: That's um, the
0: first dialogue you hear? That is the first dialogue you hear. Out I of John Gerst thought that was hilarious. Oh, and then partway through the movie, Devin Sawa throws on the CD player, a CD player for his son, and says, You should listen to this. This is limp biscuit. We loved this in my day. That actually happened. That happens in the movie. Oh I'm <laughs> I, I knew I was in trouble when the production company was Redbox Entertainment. I didn't know Redbox made movies. Well, they're gonna not be making movies very much longer if they keep up with this trend. Oh, uh, Wes Borland did do uh, some animation in the movie did, as well. Good for Wes. So this is basically well, Limp Biscuit presents the fanatic starring John Travolta. Why would I not want to watch this? What are you talking about? <laughs> Well, it is on you Amazon. You went from making Prime. it seem like you were a fucking martyr for everybody, and now I want to know what I'm missing out on. It's that fucking scene in Dewey Cox, the like Walk Hard or whatever. You don't want like, none of this shit. You don't want none of this shit, Derek. I well, think I, I kind of want it. <laughs> <laughs> that was my John C. Riley. Did I ever uh, tell, tell you about more. the time I went uh, roller skating with John C. Riley? The fuck. It wasn't like and this just is just two- now coming up. It wasn't like just the two of us, but uh it was a tribute to Prince Night at Prince's favorite roller skating rink, and uh, they were having you know Prince Night, so everybody was dressed up and skating to Purple Rain. John C. Riley was there, dressed as Prince, you know, skating his ass off, having a great time. Did you skate alongside him? I did, because I at first I had to ask myself, is that John C. Riley? It was indeed. And so you made your way over. Did you hold hands while you Mm -hmm. skated? No, but we definitely skated slow to purple rain next to each other while we were both singing it. I'm really upset that this is just now coming up. That seems like a bucket list item for some people. You love Prince. John C. Riley is fantastic. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's all there really is to that story. I'm sorry. Uh, well let's pick two. What's your favorite John Travolta role? What's your favorite John C. Riley role? Ooh. That's two different Johns, but give them both. John C. Riley, let's go the guy in what's eating Gilbert Grape that's gonna open the fast food stand in town. That's my answer too, so good pick. <laughs> <laughs> the burger barn. That's a good John C. Riley. <laughs> So the burger bar is going to open up. They're going to give me a job. I'm going to be salting some fries, making some shakes, flipping some burgers. My favorite John Travolta character would be Nicolas Cage playing John Travolta in in a face-off. Oh, shit. See, I've never had a deep attachment to John Travolta, so my answer is going to be his fucking character from The Punisher. Howard Saint. We saw that in theaters together. I thought that would make a lasting impression on you. It uh, also has Kevin Nash in it. Kevin Nash it, is a pro wrestler. Hey, what's going on in the world of pro wrestling? <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're coming back around. And besides, we already brought up Limp Biscuit. That's about as much pro wrestling <laughs> as we need. Yeah, we've established long ago that as soon as you bring up Fred Durst, it's okay. It falls in the wheelhouse of wrestling. Correct. Um. So yeah, so you watched The Fanatic, and then you were like, oh man, I need to cleanse my palate. Here's some PWG DVDs. Dude, God, this this was so nice. This was really what I needed over the last few days, was just a trip back to Reseda. Well, so what year are these from and what were you like? Have you watched these before? Or were these ones that you bought and then put aside and now you're finally getting around to uh, some were shows that I had actually attended that? I owned the DVD of that. I hadn't watched it since the show had since being at the show. Uh, right. But other than that, I have, you know, some compilations that I haven't watched anything on. And the first one I threw in was uh, from the Young Bucks. It was called Five Stars. The first match that caught my eye was the Young Bucks versus Kenny Omega and Chuck Taylor from 2009. Well, holy shit. That's 11 years old. Uh, Chuck Taylor looks like a baby. He's got very shaggy hair. Was Kenny as shredded back in 2009? He wasn't quite as shredded, but he did just wear the little trunks at the time. Little trunks do something psychologically to you on certain guys, you know? Like, sometimes it doesn't work. In what way does it psychologically fuck me up? Well, I'll put it to you this way. Bobby Lashley came out wearing pants at WrestleMania. And for some reason, it changed how I felt about him. Did you think he was cooler? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, there's something about hiding your knees, I think, that really does make you cooler. (laughs) You seem like a combatant. And I don't know, this is pro wrestling. A lot of people wear the tiny tights. I don't know why it fucks me up so much. Do you remember in WCW Billy Kidman wore the wife beater and then the jean shorts? Yeah, I always loved that. Yeah, me too. Then when he went to WWE, he started wearing actual like wrestling shorts. And I just Billy Kidman was done for me. Like that was it. Speaking of Billy Kidman. Oh fucking boy. Do so we have to get there? I think we do. We do because it's the it's the biggest story and it's I don't know if this is going to be worthy of a dark side of the ring one day, but maybe. I mean, WWE has done their spring cuts for a long fucking time, but the big story today as we are recording this, maybe the longest and most uh high-profile list of cuts they've ever done in that company's history. I, Holy shit. Yeah, I, I was expecting some of the names on here, but I definitely wasn't expecting probably the top three that are listed. I mean, most of the ones that hit me hardest were not even necessarily the wrestlers, but like losing Mike Chioda, the referee who has been there since 1989. He's the longest tenured uh, referee, I believe. And... Because of a pandemic, they cut ties with him. The one um, also like Fit Finley. Fit Finley, uh, uh fucking Lance Storm. Lance Storm two months ago sold his wrestling school to go work for WWE backstage. Oh my god, I didn't know that. Yes. Lance Storm and this is the thing, and and I'm we'll get back to Lance Storm here in like ten seconds. You can say what you will about Eric Bischoff. Bischoff did something similar. Bischoff had a nice life living in Cody, Wyoming with a nice like ranch in the middle of nowhere and he was happy. And he sold that and moved to Stamford, Connecticut to work for WWE. And then like a couple months later, Vince was like, ah, on second thought, nah. And then he had to pack up again and go back home, probably to buy a different place. Lance Storm gave up his business. <laughs> His passion sold it, and then two months later, was like, "Sorry, Lance." Oh, fuck. Uh fuck. So, Fit Finley, Lance Storm, uh, Hurricane Helms, uh, all backstage people that got let go. Kurt um, Angle, Billy Kidman, Kurt Angle and Billy Kidman. And I, uh, first of all, we need to give a shout out to Fit Finley for a second because he has been such a key element for that women's division he has helped train most of those women and has been their biggest supporter and has helped shape the women's division throughout every show of wwe that are you meaning like nxt everything yeah like he's been like and he's been there for a while as like a road agent too but like he's helped train the women like he's a big fucking deal there um, that's and this is these are people we're talking about before we get to the actual wrestlers. Like we haven't mentioned the fact that um I di- I haven't seen the complete updated list because it felt like every 30 minutes there were two or three more people uh being added to the list. But Gallows and Anderson got released. Uh Zach Ryder and Kurt Hawkins got released. Rusev was the big name. I felt like the biggest name, maybe, of the talent. Um, like you said, Angle. Uh Sarah Logan Rowan. Did Kyrie Zane get rele- released too? I uh, I don't think she got released. I don't think I, she was renewing. Okay. I think I she just, was I I'd heard her name come up a bunch, but um uh the Canellises. Yeah, both Canellises. The colognes, the pre- No the Way colognes. Jose. Yeah. I mean, we don't want to disrespect it, but the list goes on and on and on. Uh fucking did you see uh Drake Mavericks? video oh it was heartbreaking i mean they just posted that they had profit gains of what like 500 million i yeah it was was something like they had a a 500 million dollars in reserve and then they were already banking profits for this year or something and yet here we are and yet wwe is making donations (laughs) To the right people in Florida to be deemed an essential business. But their workers are not an essential part of that. And if somebody wants to argue with me and say, hey, WWE has been stockpiling talent unnecessarily the last few years, I'll completely agree with that. I don't think that they were using most of those people, or at least a lot of those people, or using them correctly, or had a plan for them. And a lot of them may be better off not being in WWE. I just think this is a shitty time to decide to fucking let people go. Well, fucking remember, what was it like two, three months ago? Mike Kanellis was asking to be let go, and, right. they, and they wouldn't let him. I mean, is that hypocritical to be mad that they're letting him go now? Like, when, like, it's like, oh, sorry, the pandemic, you can go now. Uh,. I mean, this is not a matter of them doing any, but they're not doing this as a favor to these people. There is no Indies right now. Wrestling is on like, like pause. That's true. At this point, wrestling on 205 live was, that was the Indies. That was our only Indies. Our main event or whatever the fuck. Is that still on? But I mean, the point is, is this like, it goes back to people are ripping into fucking Stroman again, because people are like, "I hope Stroman has that same fucking energy that he had like you know, a month or so ago when he was ripping indie wrestlers for trying to make money while this shutdown's happening. Well, it's like a bunch of your coworkers are just have just been turned into indie wrestlers, and they can't go out and fucking work indie shows. And it's not like Aew or Ring of Honor, or Impact is going to sign all of these people, maybe not even most of them. I know that this is still uh, pretty fresh, but is there anybody on here that you would already see in your head as somebody you would like to move to a different company? Absolutely. Like, Who would you I- like to see go where? Um, I would like to see... Mike Canales maybe go to AEW with Marie. I, I mean, I know he can wrestle. Um, I would like to see Rusev wind up somewhere. He is talented. He knows how to get... Aiden English. Aiden English and Rusev both got fucking released today. Do you realize, like, a year, year and a half ago, or however long the fuck that was, how over those two were? And they did it themselves. They did it organically. So I don't want to hear from somebody fucking towing the company line for WWE saying, well, if you get over with the crowd, then they, nothing can hold you back. Well, unless they don't like the fact that you got over. Uh, Where do you see um, a guy like Rusev going? I don't I don't know. I mean, if he's not able to retain the rights to the name. I mean, he can. This is the thing. Rusev can wrestle. Like, I've I've never really had a problem with Rusev's in-ring work. So, I mean, I don't know. I mean, uh, the thing is, you can make an argument for a lot of these guys. They could be repackaged and sent anywhere. Do you remember when they, how long ago? It, I mean, Rusev was like an undefeated beast for like a year. Yes. <laughs> He was yes. putting everybody out. He had the most popular. Uh, well, I guess I mean that was when Lana was still his valet. That was huge, and then he lost to Cena at that Mania, and he still came back and had a good Great. career. He got he resurrected his career a couple times. I mean, I, I'm I don't know what else you got to do. I mean, some of the like I'm sure that maybe somebody like Sarah Logan could get picked up by AEW for their women's division. Um. Where do you see Anderson and Gallows going? Maybe back to Japan. People would be really hyped to see them show up again. Yeah. I mean, what if they go back and be the leaders of the Bullet Club? (laughs) They could. I don't know. I mean, there's options. There are options. If they don't want to go back to Japan, I mean, that would be a nice pickup for Ring of Honor, to be honest with you. I don't know. There's a lot of names. If we were to go sit there and go down the entire list, you could come up with, but like I said, if you repackage somebody and actually handle them the right way, they could succeed anywhere. I, I just know that there is always going to be the glass ceiling in WWE. I am sure that it was a really disheartening day for everybody working there, especially with the way that, like I said, they, like they paid off the politicians in Florida to make them an essential business and then turn around and fire everyone despite having, you know, large profit margins. And the rumor is, what I read earlier, is that cutting all these people saved WWE about $4 million. Or (laughs) the same price it costs to have Bill Goldberg wrestle at Saudi Arabia and WrestleMania. Are you shitting me? Yep. That's the case. Ooh. I mean, I mean, uh, here's another, and I do not want to guilt trip anybody. I do not want to make anybody hate on this person that I'm about to mention. How do you think Edge feels? Like, he's back on a big money fucking deal. Worked his ass off to come back. And then comes back, and then like a, like a couple of weeks later, a huge portion of young talent just got gutted. Because of WWE making budget cuts. I mean, I, I know that fucking Goldberg and Lesnar don't give a shit. I have to imagine it's crossed his mind, but if it was not edge, it was going to be somebody else. Well, I, I mean, I'm not saying he should feel guilty. I'm just saying it's got to be a weird spot when you know you're making that top guy money. And you know that like, a lot of these guys on the undercard have been working the live events every weekend. That they've been, you know, they've been full time wrestlers and they were the first ones to get thrown under the fucking bus. And like I said, if this if there wasn't a pandemic going on and this, these were just guys getting released and they could go work for AEW and they could go work for Ring of Honor and they could go to Japan, they could go work the indie scene and they could be the like a guy like fucking Mike Kanellis could show up at AEW or not AEW, but AEW or somewhere else and have an autograph line to make a sizable amount of money that night. Yeah. He would do great at a WrestleCon. Right. But right now you get released and you go home. And you hope to god that this doesn't last another year. Well, isn't is uh I think as I'm looking at the names on here, isn't Zack Ryder really good friends with Cody? Yeah, I'm sure I'm sure a couple of those guys are good friends with some people in AEW. Well, he's got a healthy action figure habit and uh He's going to need some work. <laughs> uh, it's just a shame how quickly things can turn around. Uh, and and to, me, uh, to be honest with you, Garrett, and I know I've said this a million times, it really kind of left a sour taste in my mouth today. Like, I, there have been cuts before. There's just something about the last couple of years. Yeah, crack open another claw to cope. <laughs> um. I just haven't been I'm gonna be honest with you, Garrett, I haven't been watching and I haven't had a desire to watch. I watched Mania, but I didn't really watch in the weeks leading up to Mania. I haven't watched since Mania. I haven't had an interest. And how many and how much of that is just related to the fact that over like the last year or so, especially with like the Saudi Arabia stuff, um I just continuously get burned out by feeling like I'm being ethically challenged it's like how much more abuse can you fucking watch and and still show up you know our friend Eli told me he hasn't watched since the first raw of the new decade wow and he said he's been happier for it and honestly I think we would (laughs) I guess he has a wrestling podcast too so if Eli says we don't have to watch then fuck it (laughs) (laughs) Um. So for the time being, like I'm, I'm again, I wasn't watching much anyway. But right now, it's just like, if you're gonna be that shitty, like just blatantly shitty. Like I mean, the fucking wrestlers need to unionize or do something. I mean, it doesn't help that I'm coming off the heels of of uh, last night's dark side of the ring, where I find out that Vince McMahon may have been trying to fucking cover up Jimmy Snuka murdering his girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> transition point. Um, I, I, I just don't want to... Like, I know that Vince has paid for wrestlers to have rehab for drug and alcohol problems, but I don't really think he takes it that seriously and how much money are we actually talking. But he's also done a lot of shitty things. I think I'm just kind of over WWE for the time being. And I'm definitely not dumb enough to sit here and tell you I'll never watch again. I like pro wrestling. They do wrestling, so... Well... One last Vince McMahon thing before we, I guess there'll be more Vince McMahon, but one more negative thing before we just move on. Uh, (laughs) I'm I'm currently wearing a hat for the St. Louis Battle Hawks, which I said early on in this XFL season, I need to get a Battle Hawks hat because I probably won't be able to get one next year. We need to talk about that. You're right. Because this is a part of the story too. (laughs) Like the, the big story or like the big um, rumor was that they were financially prepared to do this for at least three seasons. That was the big thing is that they went into this with the mentality that they were growing a brand and they had the financial backing to make it through three seasons to establish themselves. And the fucking pandemic hits. We're in Sealand now. They cancel sports across the board. Was the XFL's future riding on them being able to finish out the rest of those games? I don't think so. I I don't know. I think just with the uncertainty and... Because it would be so hard to just pick the XFL back up after or next year when it's like oh you mean that thing that had a half season last year and one season like 10 years prior well right but i mean the thing is there were there were a lot of people who liked it it got a lot of positive reviews it wasn't like the first incarnation of the XFL like they they took themselves seriously so it's sad, it's never good to see people lose their jobs, and that's kind of what this segment of the show has been about has been the sadness over people losing their jobs. It's just fucked up that the guy and, and I said this at the time when he brought the XFL back, and despite the fact that I enjoyed it, I'll continue to say it. It's fucked up to sit here and wonder, did him investing all that money in the XFL and then declaring bankruptcy over the whole damn thing? Did that contribute to a bunch of wrestlers? losing their jobs today it very well could have that's so fucking stupid i would be pissed so uh you don't want me to wear this hat anymore i should wear it to every wrestling show forever now i that is a rare limited edition st louis battle hawks hat probably won't be more who knows but uh (laughs) No, you continue wearing that thing. It's it's going to be, it's technically more rare than the XFL merch from the first time because they actually finished their full season. <laughs> this hat is based around fewer games. This is a hat that I only had four weeks to get. Yep. <laughs> wow. Okay. Okay. So now we have to move on to the thing I am so fucking excited to talk about, Derek. I'm so excited. Well, we're gonna talk about Dark Side of the Ring, right? Absolutely. So, why did you all of a sudden? This, I get a text from this guy today because he finally got around to watching last week's Dark Side of the Ring about the uh, WWF Brawl for All. Why did this tickle your fancy so much? Because it caught me off guard. Uh, I just like I I believe what I said to you was I get along with everybody in this one. Is that your way of saying everybody's perspective on this was you agreed with? Put it this way. This was the only time I ever wished that I could watch something with Jim Cornette. Why is that? Because it looks like we would have laughed the exact same amount and all the same shit. Uh, he just, he's like, look how fucking stupid this is. I'd be like, I know, right? Jim Cornette. <laughs> and all of this. So if you didn't watch last week's episode of dark side of the ring, WWF Brawl for All happened in the late 90s, and it was during the build to WrestleMania 15, um, where they were having. The idea started from Vince Russo, where he wanted to have a real uh, tough guy competition amongst the wrestlers, where they would have what is essentially like a freestyle boxing match, because he wanted to see who the toughest guy in the locker room, because he had heard Bradshaw, yes, JBL. That Bradshaw, the one we love on commentary so much. Bradshaw was bragging about what a badass he was, and Vince Russo wanted to see someone knock the fuck out of Bradshaw. I love that's how the idea started. I love that so much, Derek. And it made me realize that how petty Vince Russo is. I would be Vince Russo. He was just a wrestling fan that got put in charge of booking. Bradshaw was a dick, and he wanted to see him get punched in the face. That's the story <laughs> and you relate to that. I relate to that so much. I think we're all Vince Russo in this. I do not agree with that. This is where Cornette would strangle the fuck out of you if you heard you say that part. That yeah, he's just he's suffocating me on his couch with a pillow right now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck Jim Cornette and fuck Vince Russo. They deserve each other. Um this is I mean I the thing is I can't remember if I recall what. Do you recall watching any of these when you were watching WWF in the late nineties? For some reason, I very, very vaguely remember Steve Blackman and Mark Miro boxing, but that's okay. pretty much the only memory I had of any of this. And I remember, and I remember the WrestleMania match with uh, Bart Gunn and Butterbean. I do remember that because it obviously it was the biggest stage. His, they weren't fucking kidding. His head almost turns all the way around from that Butterbean punch. God, (laughs) Butterbean hits so, so, so hard. And I love that that was his punishment for winning. He was supposed to get to fight Stone Cold. Vince McMahon says, fuck you, you weren't supposed to win. Let's kill him. Why did you have a real, (laughs) why did you have a real unscripted fucking tournament? And then... (laughs) Get upset when the it didn't play out. God damn, that man really is a control freak. You think about that. <laughs> think about how fucked up that logic is. Is you have like, we'll just do a shoot fight and then be like, Oh wait, but I didn't want it to play out like that. We need to punish the guy who didn't allow the thing I wanted to have happen happen. <laughs> What kind of fucking shit is this? He would have such a hard time with UFC's like, well obviously this is who you book to win and then he loses. Well, oh, that's not like, that wasn't the finish. He's like, UFC UFC fucked up their booking with Brock Lesnar on the way out. <laughs> Why would they do that? It's fucking real, man. You got to keep him strong in case he wants to come back. Jesus. Yeah, um, brawl for all. What else? What else stood out to you about this? Because I just remember, like the stuff with fucking uh, draws. Draws is so fucking positive and seems so fucking nice despite being dealt a really shitty hand. I did not realize that draws was paralyzed. Fucking puke. He's gonna. He he he's he's gonna puke. <laughs> no i had no but, idea so seeing him like he does look like he has a, a very good outlook on life he i mean, he probably by design he has to right like that's one of those things like you can't let that situation drag you down otherwise it's gonna fucking kill you i he's stronger than i would be i completely agree and just like any of dark side of the ring this is one where you think you're going to get out of it without anything bad happening and they're like by the way delo brown fucking killed draws he didn't ki- well he's the one that hurt him but it, it was just a like neither of them know what the fuck happened but delo brown seems like a nice guy too yeah he fought ethan page at a gcw show not long ago <laughs> Um, but one person that was left out of the story, they mentioned him like once or twice who really should have gotten a much bigger part in this. And they should have fucking interviewed him because I'm sure he would do it. And that is PCO. Yeah. You got really excited when you saw that that was probably his last run in WWE that, and to know that, how is that not the story where they're like, there is a man with one eye who was in this shitty thing. And now this many years later is the heavyweight champion of another company. I wish I had known this when I met him at the Hyatt Regency in Schaumburg, Illinois, and he was wearing flip-flops and shorts. I would have asked, sir, your thoughts on your, your participation in the WWF brawl for all here, take (laughs) this card, come be on our podcast and talk about it. Well, and I watched a shoot interview with p c o talking about it, and he it basically they were telling him, like, you know, you're not gonna win this. you're going up against Dr. Death first. You're gonna get punched in the face and die, which uh for anyone who hasn't watched it yet, Doctor. Death was the guy that they wanted to win this whole thing, and, and that Jim Ross was rooting for really, the story is <laughs> is Bart Gunn, Billy Gunn's old partner. Uh, making a run and just beating the shit out of everybody. And that wasn't what the plan was supposed to be. It was. It's important to understand, these were shitty boxing matches on Monday Night Raw. It would shitty? basically be like if all the guys that just got let go today were like, you know what? I don't know what to do with them. I guess we should just have them fight each other for real, right? Right, but then hope that there's a very specific outcome that happens. Like, the guy I hope <laughs> that fucking Drake Maverick beats everyone else. He's the, the come from behind guy. And he gets to go one-on-one with Braun Strowman. Oh my God. And then when Drake Maverick doesn't win, and instead it's fucking, I don't know, one of the clones. <laughs> the colones are going to get fucking fed to Tyson Fury. <laughs> Both of at them at the same, Tyson Fury's <laughs> launching him through the tables. Oh, Jesus. But yeah, um, no, I I think PCO, uh, he, I guess they told him behind the scenes, like, you know you're going to lose, so after you get hit once, it's okay if you lay down. And he's like, fuck you, motherfucker. PCO used a lot of profanity telling this story, where he told a lot of people, fuck you. And what? he- It was an opportunity to work with the rattlesnake. He was like, this will make me a star. A one-eyed man working with fucking Steve Austin? Let's do it. It's a good story that way. No, it didn't. It's just as good of a story now as it would have been back then, too. It just took 20 years for him to recapture his career. All it took was a spring break where he fought Walter. (laughs) Oh fuck. Well feel bad for all the people who had their careers fucked up from doing that stupid shit? Nobody looked good. Nobody looked good. And the best part is that, like, through the whole episode, Vince Russo's kind of indignantly being like, it's just wrestling, bro. Like, I don't see what the big deal is. No, I don't feel bad about it. And then, like, in the last minute, they're showing him footage. He's like, oh, now I feel bad. He, oh. did-, <laughs> he did look at the... Yeah, he's <laughs> like a- I haven't thought about it in a while or watched it, and now I feel guilty. Well, do you think Bradshaw goes back and looks at the video of him beating the shit out of Blue Meanie and thinks, I feel bad about that now? Not at all. And I don't feel that bad about Bradshaw getting punched in the fucking face. (laughs) Think of all the shitty stuff Bradshaw did to Mauro Ranallo. I know. (laughs) But this was years before that, so so somewhere, Maro Ranallo is trying to get the brawl for all to come back and let it be with the announcers. <laughs> it's Bradshaw against everybody. <laughs> um, last night's episode of Dark Side of the Ring. Uh, I'll, I'll put it to you this way: it doesn't bode well to be in a relationship with a professional wrestler if your n- name is Nancy. Oh no! That's yeah. See, I didn't watch last night's. Okay, so last night's uh, episode of Dark Side of the Ring focused on Jimmy Snuka and him uh, essentially murdering his girlfriend by beating her to death, and how it got covered up, and they ruled it as like an accident. His story kept changing throughout the years. And supposedly there's strong evidence to suggest that Vince McMahon came in and helped cover that murder up. Yeah, I had always heard that. Well, and it took, like, I guess, what, 30 years for there to actually be charges pressed against Jimmy Snuka? And the coroner's report was, like, classified, and they had to, like, they didn't have access to it, but the coroner basically suggested at the end of his report, "Yeah, this should be investigated as a homicide and nothing and nothing else until further notice." And then that never happened until 30 years later, and Snuka was like suffering from dementia, wasn't there? By the time he was called into court, they, I mean, they were able to basically say he can't stand trial because he doesn't know where the fuck he is or what's going on, and that was the extent of the justice carried out to Jimmy Snuka. Um, and then he died shortly thereafter, I think, from stomach cancer. So, yeah. So that definitely sounds like a dark side of the ring. That's it's, It was a dark side of the ring. And like I said, uh, man, <laughs> I I feel like you got a lot of joy out of watching guys beat the shit out of each other with boxing gloves on and shorten their careers. There's nothing fun to take away from last night's dark side of the ring other than holy shit, a man got away with murder for 30 years and Vince might have helped cover it up. <laughs> that is true. While I was watching the one, I'm like, I have more in common with Vince Russo than I thought. Oh my God, I could hang out with Jim Cornette and watch this. And yeah, that one just sounds, uh, sounds dark. it sounds like a true dark side of the ring, not not like a stupid side of the <laughs> ring. Yeah. But that's kind of, for the most part, that's been the theme. I guess next week, is going to be about Dino Bravo, which again, another scenario. Don't know anything, excited to learn. Derek, yeah, do you think CM Punk's gonna go to Wrestle Kingdom? Uh, where are you getting that from? Well, he gave that list of people that he wanted to, that he would want to wrestle. And Will Ospreay was on that? Will Ospreay was on that list. And Will Ospreay posted a video where he's like, CM Punk, come on, let's fucking do it. He's like, Wrestle Kingdom, it would be so cool. Me and you, this is the time to come back and do it. I mean, that would be awesome. I have, I mean, is Wrestle, is New Japan prepared to pay CM Punk the amount of money he would require to come out of retirement? That's a good question. I wonder what Jericho had got paid. But it seemed like Jericho. I don't want to take shots at punk unnecessarily, but it seems like Jericho had a passion for doing things that were different and that people didn't expect him to do. And I don't know if punk still has that. I think his mentality is I ain't doing it unless you pay me big money. Who knows? Maybe that's something that new Japan looks at as a good thing to spend money on. Maybe. I mean, it would get them hella publicity. I mean, that would be bigger than Jericho. Especially if, if punk is still working for Fox at the time <laughs> covering WWE while fighting Will Ospreay in Japan. Yeah. I love that. That'd be wild. Um, I hadn't really thought about it. I know that Seth Rollins talked shit about, uh, Osprey, whatever, how many months ago, which led to his fucking eventual heel turn because the fans had enough Rollins of shit. And then that and that led to CM Punk and Seth Rollins. Um wait, well I'm trying to get gather my thoughts on this. What happened after that? So Seth eventually apologized to Will Osprey. Didn't Punk acknowledge Will Osprey is the best wrestler in the world and that pissed off Rollins? I know that. There was a Somebody. while where Rollins was basically poking CM Punk with a stick, trying to get a WrestleMania match with him. Right. Huh. But yeah, I do like that Osprey. That uh, Osprey was able to basically turn Seth Rollins heel from yep. another company. From another company. By all he Just... did was send in one tweet like, "I exist." <laughs> yep. Ah, that's good shit. Man, I went back, because I know I, I talked about this a little bit, but it really made me happy going back and watching some of these PWG DVDs. Yeah, tell me about them. Like, which, What other matches did you check out? You said that you watched um, the Young Bucks versus Kenny Omega and Chuck Taylor. I watched that. I also watched uh, the very first meetup between the Young Bucks and Steen and Generico. Was that and fun? That was really good. I mean, this is from a DVD called five stars. So every single match is just fucking insane. And it was the first time those guys had ever wrestled each other. And it was at the 2009 Bola, but I wanted to go back and start watching some stuff that I attended. Cause it just matches that I remembered being really, really fun in person just right. to see if it held up this many years later. And, one of the ones I really wanted to go back and check out was from uh, twenty sixteen, January second, twenty sixteen. It was a show they did called Lemmy. Lemmy had just died, so it was a tribute to him. And the match I remembered being so much fun from this was Zack Saber Junior. versus Akira Tozawa. And Akira Tozawa, who made it to WWE. Yes. Okay. And at the time, Zack Sabre Jr. had just won BOLA. He was, you know, a guy that the crowd absolutely loved. The crowd loved Hazawa. And I don't think I had ever seen a crowd chant for two guys louder than this match. It seriously went on for about 10 minutes before they even locked up. I think they got a match of the year chant before they touched each other. They got, they got a this is awesome chant before they touched each other. The two of them ended up just laying down on the ground. And then at one point after that, uh, they all go, they just got up and left before they <laughs> then just ran back in the ring and started doing what they do. But going back and just hearing how hot that crowd was for those two guys that night before they did it even goosebumps. T- it, did. it did. It did. It took me straight back to being in that room. And one of the matches that was on it that opened it, I finally, got, I have brought up this match over and over again. It was uh, Brian Cage versus Chris Dickinson, d- the dirty daddy, who this was his first and only PWG match, uh, mostly because he fucked up so bad. How, well, what the fuck? How, how do you get b- <laughs> one and done for real? I Yeah, that was the, his debut, and he never did another one as far as I know. He basically oh went out God. there, the very first movie he did, he dumped Brian Cage directly on his head. Oh no. Then he went and botched something else. The match goes on and he kind of recovers and it's pretty good. But then the very last thing he does in that match is one more time drops Brian Cage on his head. Mm. And I thought for years that guy was terrible, but I will say Chris Dickinson has gotten much, much better, but going back and watching, it was as bad to watch as I remembered it being in that room. Like it was brutal. It was just like, oh my God, just watching a guy fuck up a big chance. It, it hurt to watch. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) I felt somebody needed to apologize. But going back in uh, another one, like just kind of seeing speedball Mike Bailey again. He's a guy from Canada that essentially was doing a Karate Kid gimmick. He was such a good indie wrestler. He was just getting so big there. And I believe he uh, didn't pay his taxes and wasn't allowed back in the United States. (laughs) So that's why we haven't seen him in the last like six, seven years. But going back, I was looking at some of these matches I kind of forgot I saw. I saw the first meetup between Zack Sabre Jr. and Pentagon Jr. Really? Yeah, that was at Ebola. Was that hard hitting as shit? Oh, the crowd was so hot for both guys, too. That was the year that Sabre won. They were beating the shit out of each other's chest. They were pretzeling. It was... God. It's just it, Pentagon's still doing his whole remove the glove thing at this point? No, I don't think he had started doing that yet. Okay. So he was still developing. Man. He was still I, in the womb. Just I am really right now, I feel like I've let GCW go a little bit. I'm going back to my PWG roots. And I I just wanna I think every week for a little bit, I want to recommend a PWG match that's worth checking out. And I think this. Geez. Oh, go ahead. Did it make you sad seeing receipt, like the the Legion Hall in Reseda and knowing it's not there? It made me happy looking around and seeing familiar faces like Legion Larry and some of the, the regulars. But yeah, I think I'm more happy that I ever got to experience it rather than sad that it's gone. That's a good attitude to have, Garrett. It's just, that place was Fight Club. It was just, it, it was... <laughs> I think that will always be my favorite building that ever existed. Well, I'm glad you got to relive those memories during quarantine. What'd you think you know of? I, uh, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was going to say, um, I didn't do that over the course of the last week. No, what I did is I, uh, I opted to go watch what uh, WWE had to offer me on Netflix. No, not on the WWE network on Netflix. Oh, my God, I've totally forgot about this. Oh, I haven't, and I never will. I have watched The Big Show Show, and I have watched The Main Event, both. What is The Main Event? The Main Event is a child's movie about a kid who gets superpowers from a luchador mask and enters a WWE tournament in NXT. To determine who will be the next WWE superstar and get a contract with them. This sounds incredible. It was, it was all of that. It was all of that. It was incredible or it was just everything you named? <laughs> it was, it was all of that. Um, Do I we see recommend... any wrestlers in it? Oh my goodness. Garrett. <laughs> Do I see Walter chop a kid? My, our, our, come on, man. Otis is in the movie. Otis has a big role in the movie. The main character, besides the the little boy's name, which I can't remember off the top of my head right now, Keith Lee has a major acting role in this movie, and he is fantastic. He is a co-star in this picture. You're telling me a movie exists right now starring Keith Lee, and I haven't seen it. Correct. It's also got a major role for the Miz. Derek, what are you going to tell me that it was directed by Neville Dean Taylor? It may very well. Have been. <laughs> <laughs> um, the I mean, it's it's exactly the kind of movie you would expect to see marketed towards a, a a young WWE fan. Um, I don't I I don't know how much adult humor is in it. I mean, it's not really, but. Uh there are things that were worth laughing at. Um I just couldn't believe that Netflix had the WWE movie and not the network. And so sat down with my roommate the other day, we watched it start to finish. Uh lots of cameos like I said from other wrestlers. Sheamus is in there, Kofi Kingston is in there. T- I would I would go check it out. If <laughs> <laughs> like, Is there anyone else notable from the NXT roster that would get me really excited? Um I'm I would have to say I'm blanking right now. But yes, there are others in there. Well, Garrett, this would be a perfect movie for you to crack open a white claw, get a little get a little buzz on in more ways than one, and watch this. You would get entertainment out of it. You have already selected what I'm doing tomorrow afternoon, my friend. <laughs> Well, go watch the fucking main event. Uh, as far as the Big Show show, it is a poor man's King of Queens, and it kind of sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I try- I'd say that is a fair comparison. I tried to watch it myself, and I maybe made it maybe five to ten minutes in. Oh, no. I went through several episodes. You sat through. Man, th- there's not even that. Do any other wrestlers show up ever? Eventually, I think Rikishi is in there. Mick Foley is in there. Uh, maybe somebody else. I mean, they reference other wrestlers for sure. But uh, yeah, I mean, the novelty is fine if you just want to watch Big Show be in a sitcom. Maybe I think maybe the the key is if you're not a fan of wrestling and you just want to watch a a standard fucking family sitcom about a guy who used to be a professional wrestler, then this is for you. Go yeah, check you... out the big show show. <laughs> do you not watch wrestling, but you really liked that part in the water boy with Captain Insano? This is yeah. probably up your alley. Yeah, but you, time better well spent would be going to watch the main event. And then you're going to do that tomorrow. I 100% am doing that tomorrow. But ten... if you were here, I would be pushing for us to do a watch along for the main event. I would love to do that. <coughs> <coughs> uh, sorry, uh, no, this, I don't have the run. So you uh, you watched Dynamite tonight? I did watch Dynamite tonight. Which match got you the most excited? Um, I don't know. I mean, I feel like they're doing a good job of building Lance Archer. Um, So him and Colt Cabana was fun. I did enjoy the world title match between Jake Hager and John Moxley. See, that was just another match I just did not love. Can you tell me why? I don't know. Maybe I'm just getting burnt out on empty arena matches. <laughs> oh, f- welcome to the fucking club, dude. But, okay. It finally <laughs> caught up to you. No, 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 Snap no. Back to reality. Oh, there goes gravity. Because I enjoyed Chuck Taylor versus uh, Kip Sabian as much as any other match. And it was, as you know, it felt like there were people there, but this one, I don't know. It was just, maybe it's because I had just watched the Champa Gargano match from last week's NXT, where they were beating the shit out of each other for like 40 minutes in an empty arena. I felt like I'd already gotten it. I think we are in year three of this podcast, right? Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. Um, I've noticed a trend with you in pro wrestling matches. When you are told that a match is a big fucking deal, you immediately don't give it its due. (laughs) (laughs) The matches on the undercard that nobody gives a shit pique your interest. But the moment you're told something, this is going to be a fucking no holds barred, fight anywhere, fucking main event, you're like, huh, all right. And if. Okay, you know what the name of Jake Hager's finisher is? What is it, Garrett? It's called the Head and Arm Triangle. Basically, uh-huh. what his finisher is is the Carl Malone hug. Yeah. So I know it. At any given point, the most exciting part of that match is going to be when John Moxley passes out from getting hugged too much from the Malone squeeze. From the Malone squeeze. Yeah. And I think there's something about that move. That I just immediately get, I'm like, well, I know he's not going to win. He's not, if he's not getting hugged, then what the fuck is this all leading to? Did you think Jake, Oh well, fuck, man. How many wrestling matches do you watch all the time where you know a guy isn't going to be the one who wins? I, okay, I guess I'm in a weird place where I hate the hug, but I also want to see it. <laughs> you, absolutely. We were there for the hug's debut. Well, I mean, it sounds like, according to the Bellator people, that all night long told me that Jake Hager was going to win. I guess he's been doing that hug there for quite some time. It works. Malone knew what the fuck he was doing. Malone did know what he was doing, and I feel bad for ever doubting him. And the other thing is, that match didn't end with the fucking hug. It ended with Moxley giving him a fucking uh, paradigm shift onto a chair. You tell me that's not exciting? Is that yeah, not but in, GCW enough for you, motherfucker? But in that other match that I liked, it had Orange Cassidy, it had Penelope Ford, and it had Chuck Taylor. So there. Can was, you tell me your favorite line of the night that you text me? <laughs> <laughs> Jericho on commentary all night long. It's <laughs> fantastic. It was so good. What did he say when Penelope Ford did the splits? He goes, oh my God, she just did the splits in leather pants just like you, Shivani, back in the 70s. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I, I could have i can listen to him on commentary all day long so. jericho being a fucking troll on commentary is amazing because i lost it at one point when he said something to the effect of he's being egotistical that's something i'd never do tony <laughs> he's being arrogant uh once again, though, I continue to be happy with AEW. It's not like I hated the main event. Um, I think I've just got a little burnout on because the Gargano Champa just did. I had just watched them go forty minutes, in kind of that type of match. Well, how did you feel about that? Because you said that they shot it in like a cinematic style, but then you said it went way too long. I felt like it. It felt like what I kind of wanted them to do with the Edge Orton match but it was like the same length uh, and it ended on a truck again. Okay. Well, no, they went up on top of a truck. They got back down. They moved around a lot. That match was pretty cool though. Cause it did start with triple H saying, this is the last time when I walk out those doors, you two end this. And then uh Candace LeRae came in, said you, is that what you wanted? Tommaso? You made me hate my husband. I hate him. And then she kicked Johnny in the dick. Shit. But then they go back to fight. Candace kicks Tommaso Ciampa in the dick. Johnny Gargano had a cup on. Tommaso Ciampa is the babyface now, I guess. And Johnny and Candace are heels. Ciampa's been the babyface for a while, dog. Well, I know that, but now Candace is also bad. Well, they're not doing it again. That was those were the rules. It'll never happen again. First just match like The I... Rock and John Cena. Ex- once in a lifetime. Once in a lifetime. <laughs> I have uh, recently changed the music I'm listening to, Derek. I feel like I've been pretty positive lately. Well, you were all about that pop music for a while. I was all about that pop music, but I've just been so chill lately, Derek. I uh, I had to go into the, the chill wave. Are you familiar with chill wave? no is it anything like reggae no it's chill wave a is a micro genre. genre that emerged in the late 2000s it's characterized by a faded or dreamy retro pop sound it uh <laughs> the term was originally synonymous with glo-fi or hypnagogic pop do you have the fucking definition in front of you I do you knew you wanted to talk about this didn't you I did <laughs> Because it says, it's also, there's derivative forms called cloud rap and vaporwave. Fucking music genres are stupid, Derek. I don't ever want to hear you complain at the beginning of an episode of us being off topic from wrestling again. You literally had a Wikipedia page pulled up to describe this genre of music before we left today. Why do you think I waited until the very end of the show to bring up chillwave? Yes. Yes strategic like hey. a cherry on top of the predetermined shit Sunday feels like I'm hanging out on a beach with a margarita but not like <laughs> like with Jimmy Buffett different than Jimmy Buffett goodness you did it all you week in, it in there all so week, so you're off of Carly ray Jepsen now and this is your new thing I am wearing a Carly ray Jepsen hoodie that I've had on for 3 straight days right now because it's stink. quarantine hey It's quarantined and there are no rules. I can wear the same outfit for as long as I want. I'm only seeing my wife. My own mother made the comment the other day that she was wearing like the same fucking something. I can't remember what it was now for a couple days in a row. And I told her, you can't do that. That'll get depressing. You got to wake up and clean yourself and change clothes. And Garrett's just like, fuck it. I'm going to open up another White Claw, get high, and watch some old PWG. And then uh, listen. what's this soft wave shit I'm listening to? Derek, it's called Mac Chill Wave. Chill Wave. It's chill. It's very calm. Why do you do me sukin. a favor and send me some of that after this fucking recording, and I'll check it out. I'll send you some Chill Wave, and you know what you're going to be like? You're be like, oh, man, I could go to sleep to this. I could party to this. I can do a little light dancing. I bet you I could, because I, I'm pretty open-minded about the various genres of music. Every day, Derek, I now cook dinner while listening to some chill wave. And over the weekend, it played all weekend. And I said, you know what? Chill wave Saturday turned into chill wave Sunday. We're listening to chill wave in this part of the town right now. (laughs) Uh, uh, For those who don't know, uh, Garrett will be coming to my island on Animal Crossing soon. And he will find out that I have a pro wrestling training gym in my home. So we will be posting pictures of that. <laughs> <laughs> Wear your GCW shirt. Oh, I always do. All right.
1: Let's get, get us out, of out of here.
0: Plug, plug shit. We'll do the things that we do to make this official. Like to yeah. sound professional. Hey everybody. Thanks so much for listening. Do us a favor. Hop on the internet. Do you have the internet? It's all you do right now. All you have is the internet. Get on there. We're at, even if you're in a McDonald's parking lot using their free Wi-Fi. Yeah, you can, you can hop on there right now and give us a follow at wrestle hangout on Twitter. We're at predetermined podcast on Instagram. I am at guard on social media. Derek is at Halloween helping. Uh, our email address is at predetermined. It's not ad. It's just predetermined podcast at gmail.com. I don't, you're not going to send me an email. Why do you give a shit? We've been daring you to send us emails for a few years now, and so few of you do. And you may have noticed, though we have had a couple emails that I never responded to because I'm a you bad, dig. I'm a bad bad boy. Uh, there is also a bonus zone episode that I threw up just a day or two ago. Um, if you have access to Cage of Death 19, it's a worthwhile listen. We're with our friend Aaron. Uh, we've getting been getting some good feedback on that episode too. We've been getting good feedback that you're not sharing with me. Yeah. And these dark times, I could use some positivity. You could use some positivity. Yeah. Well, have you heard of chill wave? Send it my way. (laughs) I want it. Bring it on. Uh, All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. We will be back next week for episode 100. And ten, and at that point, I will have seen the main event. Uh, and I don't know. I'll probably watch some more PWG DVDs. And I will have seen another episode of Dark Side of the Ring and another episode of Dynamite and no WWE. And I wish the best of luck in the future endeavors to everybody who was released today. That sucks. Might I recommend Chill Wave for those who are currently quarantined? Hit our goddamn music.